Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. So I literally Googled professional speakers and all these things popped up for Australia. And, uh, and I, I, I rang, there was like a number and I rang this uh, speaking bureau in Australia and I said, oh, hey, um, I'd like to be a speaker, please. Imagine living your normal day and getting your car fueled up on demand. Seriously, check out LA Startup Refill Fuel and enter code WEARLATAC for $10 off. That's Refill Fuel. It's amazing. Literally, you can be anywhere and have your gas totally topped off the tank and not even have to deal with it. No more gas stations to go to refillfuel.com. That's R-E-F-I-L-L-F-U-E-L.com. Code WEARLATECH for $10 off. We could not do this without the community believing in our vision together. We Are LA Tech is independently funded, funded by you, the community. So to support We Are LA Tech, go to patreon.com slash we are LA Tech. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash we are LA Tech. This is part one of how to be an effective speaker when you're not a speaker at all. From someone who has given over 70 talks to large corporations around the world. It's incredible. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. We have an incredible bonus episode for you today. We have how to be an effective speaker when you are not a speaker. What does that even mean? I have to one of the most brilliant speakers that I have come across. I literally cried at the end of his talk. It was insane. He gave 70 talks last year. He speaks for corporations around the world and he's not really a speaker. So we're going to have we're going to have a great conversation. And I think we'll have like a really authentic, honest conversation, because as you guys know, I've been a speaker for several years myself. So I could kind of bounce off and ask questions and we'll dive into what it takes to be a speaker, especially since I know a lot of you come to me all the time asking, can you get me more speaking opportunities? And so I bring to you Sebastian Terry. Hi, what an intro. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do speak a lot, but I'm not a speaker. That's so weird. Isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, I very much accidentally found myself speaking, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, as you know, it's such a, it's such a, a great thing to do. It's just really fun and you get to spread a message. So I'm, I'm very uh, pr- privileged, I think, to be in that position. I'm excited. So I think how we'll handle this conversation is we'll kind of just keep it super on the real and um, just talk about really how to be an eff- effective speaker and what it means not to be a speaker, but to be giving talks and then just you know, we'll, we'll just take it organically and see where it goes. So the very first thing, just to kind of set the stage, who are you? And like, what, <laughs> why do people even ask you to speak? Like what, what's it, what do you work on? So I, I guess, um, I, I have a bit of a story in that, uh, I, I lost a friend of mine about 10 years ago. Um, it made me reconsider my happiness, uh, or just question whether I was happy and I realized I wasn't. So I took it upon myself to change that. So I created a list of a hundred things that I thought would make me happy or at least smile more and experience the world. And I just dropped everything in my life to pursue that journey along the way. It became accidentally popular, um, because I, I guess it, it offered an element of hope for people, um, around the world. And so I had this global 
global following of people suddenly. And then the movement turned into something which is more, much more of a philanthropic nature. So not only is it a catalyst for people to consider what their own goals are and then to pursue those, but now it engages people who need help to find people who can help on a peer-to-peer philanthropic level. So it's a journey that's kind of just grown on its own accord. And um, yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't set out to be anything like that, but that's what people get me to talk about. So I share my story. And in that, of course, there's lots of messages around purpose and connection and growth and embracing change and, you know, as simple as goal setting. Um, But then, you know, this idea of understanding your values internally, which is something that, again, crosses over into the corporate world um, and helping people, which is ultimately what I think everyone wants to do, whether you're an individual, whether you're an organization, it's all about connecting and helping. Um, So, yeah, I, I accidentally... It's it's a thing that people want to hear about. <laughs> and and you have a site called 100 Things. Yeah, it's 100things.com.au. In fact, if you go there, there's like a, a condensed 15-minute version of of a talk I gave in LA um, last year at a Worlds conference. Um, so people can kind of have a look at, you know, how how I do it, I suppose. I've never I'm I'm actually really interested in this because I've never done a no one's ever asked to speak to me about being a speaker or speaking. Really cool. Yeah. So I don't know how to I I'm excited to see You've what, been on a podcast before though, right? I've been on podcasts, yeah. yeah. Um but you know typically it's the questions are, you know, oh what's the scariest thing you've done and what's the best thing you've ever done? Which I love. I mean they're yeah. great questions. But um I've never spoken about this. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. So to kick it off and you guys, I'm going to be sharing very, very little of my story because I really want this to be about Sebastian, but I'll be interjecting just a little bit. And if you guys want to hear about my story in being a speaker or being a moderator, like just tweet at me. I I really, this, the We Early Tech podcast is not about me. It's about all of us. And right now it's about Sebastian being able to add value to your lives. And so I really, I'm mindful of that in every episode. Um, But the first thing I want to start with is when did you become like when did you do your first speaking gig or when did you have that first moment where you became a speaker so to speak so to speak (laughs) (laughs) speaking of that I um I'm trying to think what the actual first thing was like what year was it oh I would say my first talk ever was 2010 um I had I got an email from a guy in England who was following my journey online and he said, there's a travel expo in London, in England, and uh, you'd be you'd be great as a right. speaker. So he put me in touch with somebody who was curating the event and they said, have you spoken before? And I said, no. And they said, great. Um, so I flew over to London. It was unpaid. And uh, and, and I, you paid for your own flight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got some family in, in, in England, so I thought it'd be like an interesting thing to do. So I ended up at uh, this travel expo. So there was thousands and thousands and thousands of people at this show. And, and I just kind of had this, you know, this sectioned off area. So there might have been like a uh, hundred, maybe two hundred. I'd say a hundred people, hundred fifty people, and uh, yeah, they just asked me. They, they said, "Look, we like what you do. Just maybe speak about it from a goal setting point of view and, and make the audience laugh." Yeah. So that that's kind of what my that was that was my brief, and uh, I just had to make people laugh. So I kind of came up with this PowerPoint presentation, and it kind of went through a few of the funnier things I'd done. So I spoke about marrying a stranger in Las Vegas and skydiving naked and walking across France and becoming um, well, actually, um, so that was kind of the premise of it. And the, the, I, I didn't really think about what a takeaway message would be, but I guess it was you know this idea of anybody can do anything, put your put your heart and mind towards it type thing. Very, very simple, but it was mainly just to make people laugh. And then at the end of the talk, I thought, wow, what would be a really good like ending? And I thought, oh, if I tick something from my list, um, that'd be great. So I looked at my list and I considered things that I could do. So obviously, you know, chasing a tornado wasn't, it wasn't appropriate for an indoor setting. Uh, and I looked at Guinness World Record yeah. and I thought, oh, if I could break a Guinness World Record on stage, how cool would that be? So I went through the list of, you know, the, I bought, actually bought the, the book, the Guinness World Record book, made a short list of things I could beat. And the one I came up with was the most amount of eggs crushed with the big toes in 30 seconds. I thought, 
That's so weird. It's so funny. It's so weird. Probably <laughs> probably achievable. It's awesome. And I could do it on stage. Yeah. So I, I did my talk for, I think it was like half an hour, um, with no shoes on, knowing that I was about, yeah. I had eggs hidden behind the but, curtain. But okay, wait, you... Don't wear shoes in general. So at this point, were you not wearing shoes in general? No. So now I don't wear shoes in general. But um, back then, no, I just, I mean, I live on the beaches in Sydney. So it's kind of, you know, you sort of wear shoes occasionally. But no, I didn't wear shoes for this talk in the middle of London because I was crushing the eggs at the end. So I was sort of preparing not to wear shoes. So I, yeah, at the end of the talk, I, I got all these eggs from behind the curtain. I announced what I was going to do. I had an egg placer who places the eggs in between your toes and so you can crush them. And yeah, I, I broke the Guinness World Record. Um, for, I smashed it, <laughs> pardon the fun. Uh, and it was, it was really, it was great. And, th- and that was my first talk ever. And, uh, and I remember getting feedback immediately from people saying, wow, you've, you've allowed me a moment to consider what it is I want to do. And I got some really deep so emails and messages immediately from people saying, wow, you've really awoken something inside of me. And, and I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And then, I mean, I can keep on going with this story. No, I, mean, I mean, it's amazing. I And one thing I would just want to frame for you is that Seb actually recently moved from Australia and now lives in Venice. So definitely, like, if you guys want to connect, let's just, right at the beginning, how can people connect with you? So, I mean, obviously check out my website, which is 100things.com.au. Um, I, I respond to all emails. So Seb at 100things.com.au. I'm on Facebook, Sebastian Terry, or 100 Things is my, is my group page. Um, what else? Oh, Instagram is Seb100Things. What's Twitter? I think Twitter's Seb 100 Things. I don't and, know. Is and he's right? currently working on an app to help continue, continuing people helping other people and people getting help. It's really cool. So yeah. that's what brings him to Venice. So I got my start, I think it was like in the mid 2000, like probably around 2000 five or six ish. And this guy, Michael Liskin, at least it's the first thing that I could recall, asked me to moderate a panel. And it was my first time moderating. And since then, um, and the only reason I bring this up is because there's a difference between like giving a keynote like you do, which I just think is just so wildly impressive and moderating. I'm very proud of my moderating work. I've done both keynotes and I've probably moderated over a hundred panels now. Keynoting is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, and so I really want to get into that here. I am someone who has given a lot of talks and I don't, you wouldn't know this. Most people don't know this, even though I've given talks and to thousands of people, Mm. I'm afraid to ever give a talk again. That's not moderate moderating. I could hand like, that's like, so this is why I thought there must be so many people out there that have never even given a talk that hope to, you know, be on a TED talk one day or something like that. And so how can we help, how can we help them right now in achieving that goal? Which is actually, I didn't even think of that, but perfect alignment with what you do for a living. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, look, I think if someone's goal is to just be a speaker, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I mean, uh, you're, on, you're on a stage and you have an opportunity to spread a message. So I think more so the idea is what message do you want to spread? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, that's a, an interesting starting point. Um, I, I, I mean, the funny part is after that talk that I just mentioned, I, someone said, that was really good. Um, you should, uh, you should, you should try and become a, a speaker. And I was like, what are there, does, is there a thing called a speaker? So I literally <laughs> Googled professional speakers and all these things popped up for Australia. And, uh, and I, I, I rang, there was like a number and I yeah. rang this uh, speaking bureau in Australia and I said, oh, hey, um, I'd like to be a speaker, please. <laughs> 
and the guy, I got through to like the founder or the owner of the company yeah. or whatever, and he he was so like aggressive about it. He was like, well, to be a speaker, you need to be able to connect with an audience. You need to be able to tell a story that that's going to that's going to compel them to do something and, and never leave them. You need to do this. You need to have this. The, 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 people need to remember. And he goes, you know how many people out of 100 that call me end up being good speakers? And I was like, how many? He's like, minus three. And like, it was just the most negative conversation and it, it went nowhere. So I, I forgot about it. Um, and then the funny part is, is years on, he contacted me and went, Hey, we've heard about you. Can you, can you be exclusive to our no bureau? No way. Yeah. So it came around like, you know, it definitely went the right way for me. It was organic and it was, and it was, it was, it was great. My Wait, mission, what, what's a speaking bureau? A speaking bureau is like, or a speaking agency. So I'm, I, I'm kind of starting to look at them here again. Um, but I guess it's just like a, it's almost like a, a modeling agency. So, you know, a, a brand, let's call it, um, Coke for want of a, yeah. a small one. Uh, would go to a speaking agency and say, "Hey, we've got an event coming up. Um, it's on this day. It's a it's um it's a rewards program. For example, we want to have an uplifting keynote closer. So they'll 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 go. We want someone young who's gonna um who's gonna connect with our audience, inspire them to leave the conference super pumped. Uh, can you put forward five speakers? And then the bureau or the agency will say, "Well, here's five speakers. There's Sebastian Terry. There's a spree. There's a da da. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, have a look, and we can obviously connect you." And that's done, and they, they take a you know a, a commission, whether it's twenty, twenty five percent, whatever it is. Um, so that's what it, that's what that is. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I I kind of got brushed entirely by this bureau, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So then I ended up going back home, but my story by that time had become more popular, and uh, and then a company just said, hey, we'd like you to speak for our company. I did one talk for them. It was five hundred dollars, and I was like, that's amazing. Um, you know, five hundred dollars to speak for an hour? That's crazy. <laughs> And then they said, we actually, we're everywhere in Australia. Would you do, I think it was like 20, it could have been 30 talks for them. And so unbeknownst to me, but looking back at it, it was just the perfect opportunity for me to kind of refine this, this, this talk that I, right. that I designed. And it got me a, a lot of time on stage, which I think is really important when you start speaking. Um, and it just, it was, a, it was an amazing platform for me in the, in the first part. I love that you said that. Okay. So when I started, there was an organization, I'm sure it still exists called Media Bistro. They hired me to be, uh, it's a teacher slash speaker hmm. for, to give social media on business strategy, like talks. And I looked at it as my training camp to learn how to be a speaker, yeah. to see what people wanted, to see like how to become stronger and what I was saying. So it's, it's crazy. You took a similar opportunity yeah. to learn. Absolutely. And it was just a gift, you know, and I was getting paid $500 a go. And yeah. It was amazing for me because I had no money. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think something that really helped me though was on my list was to do stand up comedy. So as you say, like it's terrifying. What yeah. a daunting thought to do totally. public speaking. Um, typically I think Jerry Seinfeld makes a joke about it. Like it's, it's the number one fear behind death. Right. And so people would yeah. rather be in the casket rather than delivering yeah. the eulogy. So, um, anyway, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was, I sort of had fun that first time. And as, as I said, um, doing stand up comedy was on my yeah. list. So, which is terrifying. That's why it was on my list. My list is full of things that take me out of my comfort zone. So I did stand up comedy and I, I remember like just to paint a picture, I was in this, like this bar in Sydney it was a comedy club called the, the friend in hand. And there was this upstairs room with like a red curtain behind the stage and like a little stage and a microphone up on a stand. And it was smoky and the spotlight right. on the stage. The room's full of, I'd say 50, maybe 100 people, probably 50, 60, 70 people. And they said, okay, Sebastian Terry's a first timer. So good luck, mate. <laughs> and he left the stage and I, and I walked up and I remember being petrified and I grabbed the microphone. I obviously had an idea of what I wanted to say. I had a script, so to speak. And I grabbed the microphone and I just said the first word, whatever it was probably hello, I don't know, but, and I just instantly just felt comfortable. I don't know what it was. I just, I loved, I loved it. I just loved 
speaking to an to a crowd. Yeah. And that and and of course it's you know, I, I actually did quite well, um, funnily enough. I got asked to do more stuff. Wait, wait, but did you feel nervous before? Petrified. Okay. And I still do. I do too. Yeah. So I still feel like I'm losing my mind. Like yeah. right before I hit the stage. And then the second I'm on the stage, it just goes away. And like, that's it. And I, by the way, I did improv as well with Amazing. Second City. And I that. did comedy classes. I, I just Does that think, help you? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I had already been speaking a lot, but I think there's something about stepping outside your comfort zone and just releasing inhibition and just like yeah. letting yourself go out there. And the reason why I bring this up, you guys, is because I'm hoping that why we're having this conversation, you're taking notes of similarities between our two journeys in order to, like I get asked to speak at least 10 times a month, um, which is, I think, insane. Yeah, it's great. Um, and you spoke 70 times for large things. I'm talking about just like moderate. I turned down all. See, that's what I'm saying. Even though I've given public talks before, yeah. I am still so scared to ever do another one again. Yeah, I think that's... I, Not I, moderating. Just, yeah. I don't know anyone who wouldn't be, who wouldn't feel a little bit different, like whether it's you know an element of anxiousness or excitement or just nerves. Um, of course you do, because you're going on stage. You're going to be on a stage. Everyone's going to be looking at you. I mean, yeah. that is kind of that. That's a that is a kind. And you're of, like, what if you fuck up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. But I, again, like I, I think you, I, you know, my safety net is that I'm just telling an authentic story, as I would to you, as I would to yeah. you know, a family member, as I would to a mate. But I just I'm just telling it to a room. And and again, that kind of boils back down to the question of like, why are you getting on the stage if you're going on there for some superficial thing to be able to, so I get lots of emails from people as well saying, how do I become a speaker like you? I want to inspire lots of people. I want to talk at Ted um, or a TEDx. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's the wrong way to look at it. Like why, why do you want to do that? What's mm-hmm. the point? Um, there's only a point if there's something that you want to deliver or it helps totally. whatever it is you're doing. So totally. my whole mission is to, I mean, look, I should have a boiled down condensed version of this, but it's something along the lines of, I want to inspire people to be you know, the best version of themselves. And I want to connect people to help each other out and acts of kindness. So if I have a microphone, what an amazing opportunity and platform for me to do both of those things. Right. So I get to talk very passionately and authentically about something that is, you know, it's intrinsically part of me. Right. I'm not trying to sell something. I'm not trying to do anything else. Not by the way, there's anything wrong with getting on a stage right. and trying to sell something if it's important to you. Right. But you just have to work out why it is you're getting on the stage in the first place and does it resonate with your value? So same thing. So the reason why I give talks is um, I was a young entrepreneur. I started my companies when I was a teenager and I believed. So Seb was on another episode where we talked about his apps. You guys definitely check out like Mm -hmm. that episode as well. But we talked about how you're like naive in this whole, uh, you know, venture capital startup world. And (laughs) you're just learning about it now. And I think there's a lot of power in in ignorance is bliss. And so um, I believed with all my heart and soul that I would achieve. I I was my my dream was to create the Google for the action sports industry. And there was zero doubt in my mind. And I sacrificed everything in order to make that happen. And I do I didn't win in the end, but I do think I was a founder that deserved winning. And I didn't have the right support system and mentorship in place in order to make my dreams a reality at that point. And so in Every talk that I give, the reason why I moderate any panel, the reason I truly believe I'm one of the best moderators in the world, the reason why I think... That's awesome, by the way. It's so good. It's like one of the few things that I'm just utterly confident about. The reason why, though, that I think I have the ability to moderate so well is my why in why I'm on stage. I am not there for money. I am not there to raise my credibility. I am not there so more people know about this podcast. I am there for one reason alone. I vision every single 
person in the audience is the 18-year-old version of myself who deserves to succeed as long as they're an executor that puts their whole heart behind something. And I want to make sure that everyone on that stage takes ownership and delivers to those people so none of them have to experience the kind of pain that I went through. And like, that's why I'm way more passionate about like, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say way more passionate about moderating than speaking, but like moderating specifically, it's like most people go on stage to either get clients to sell books or to get a quick buck or to raise their credibility and fuck you. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, no, because all these people are there because they have a dream, because they're mortgaging their house, because they're spending everything on their saving, because they're sacrificing time with their spouse, because they're not spending enough time with their kids, all because they believe in a dream. And I am going to make sure I'm doing everything possible so that they can achieve that dream wow that's like the best two minutes of my life that's i can feel that oh yeah, i'm really having I'm not really, seen you yeah. moderate i've got no doubt that you're absolutely incredible yeah i felt so that. but the thing again the reason why i even share that is because the thing that you and i have in common is we both have a why and it's not to speak and it's not for all these like yeah. external fame-esque kind of things yeah. it's literally for our why yeah I think the problem that a lot of people like go through, um, you know, and, and again, anyone listening who, who's becoming a speaker or is a speaker, you know, you're, you're sort of probably well aware that you can get paid really well for it. And so it becomes a business um, yeah. for a lot of people. So it's their thing. So as opposed for me, it's just like a byproduct of what I do. It's a great platform to me to talk about the things that I do so that more people get inspired right. and live better. Um, but when it becomes a, a business, it's, it's interesting at that point. I've, I don't treat it like that. But, you know, I know plenty of speakers in Australia mainly who – you know, who market themselves and it's a thing. And if they meet someone at a party, it's like, hi, I'm a motivational speaker. Yeah. I'm an inspirational speaker. And like, you know, I kind of like, I vomit in my mouth a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> oh God, that's horrible. Um, so again, I, I, you know, to your point, I think if you, if you can talk like you just did and like, so I, you know, like, what, like, like tingles listening Aww, to you, like, literally, you. like that's amazing. If you can just explain that's, you know, whatever it is for you, if you can explain it in a way that you just did and it, and it has that effect on people, be a speaker. And let's talk about, um, because I know your story and, and everyone listening may not have been familiar with your story yet. When you say you're really inspired to help people help others and et cetera, that's not something to take lightly. You've done that in the most miraculous way. So can you share, give people a little bit perspective listening, like what that means, what that looks like? Yeah, well, my, my journey in the first instance was, you know, the reason uh, the Travel Expo wanted me to speak was because, oh, this guy's done a lot of things. He's dived out of a plane naked. He's married a stranger in Las Vegas. He's, he's, he's crushed eggs with his toes now. He's done this. So it was, it was about that. The journey then kind of the next development was it actually went on to inspire people. So from that talk being an example, people would then send me their lists and, and months on, weeks on, years on would say, well, these are the things that I've done because of, you know, the message that I got from your talk. So then I changed my site into like a, a community of people doing that. So suddenly there was like a global audience all sharing their lists. And then that kind of developed into this thing where people would collaborate together and I would organize trips. So people wanted to go climb Mount Everest base camp. Yeah. They weren't doing it. And I'd say, cool, well, let's just do it together. And then 16 strangers from around the world would get together and we went and did it. So I do those kind of trips. Um, I guess what happens now is I get approached from people who really need help um, on a, on a personal level. And it's not necessarily like a bucket list thing, but just people who just need help to do something that just means a lot to them. So, um, this, this weekend in Sydney, for example, I just got reached out to by a guy who told me about his mother, his mother's, um, survived cancer. She's had a very tough life and, um, and her son, another son has just been diagnosed with a, with a terminal illness. So it's just horrible. And he said that her one dream is to go and watch the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is a rugby league team in Australia. Um, he, she just wants to go and watch one of their games. That's simple. Yeah. So for a lot of people, that's very easy and you could just go and buy a ticket and you're done. But, she, you know, she comes from a hard background. So there isn't, I guess, the resources there to do that. So simply she lives four hours out of Sydney. So I shared that story with my community and I said, let's help her. How can we help? And I did that just as I was flying to LA, actually, from Sydney. 
So I landed 13 hours later and it had all been arranged. The club had reached out. One of the star players had reached out. Amazing. I got um, approached by all these individuals who just wanted to buy her a ticket, give her a lift to the game, et cetera. And that's now happening this Friday. So I guess in a couple of days' time in so Australia. Cool. So it's just things like that. So that's kind of the effect this is having. having. It's kind of like activating people to exercise their philanthropic muscle on, on a peer-to-peer level. Um, and it's something that's not being done. And uh yeah. That's and what do you say when you say your community? Do you have a uh, on the website? Is there like a social network or what does that mean when you use the word? I don't know. I reach out to my community. What is that a newsletter? Like what is that? I guess so. I, I mean, I look, I just use the term loosely. The community is anyone who follows me. So whether it's on social media, so I share it on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and then I have like a, a database of people that I send out like EDMs to. What EDM, what's it stand for? Electronic, electronic, whatever it is. Yeah. Like a group email. Uh, and then I put it on my website for people who read the website. You so, know, I actually don't know what EDM is. Well, maybe it's not a thing. Over is that here. music? No. no. It's like, oh, yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> maybe I've got the wrong term. I thought EDM meant like electronic distribution of mail, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I feel stupid. But anyway, an email, a group email to people. So yeah. that's how I'd reach out to people. And so my community, I by that, I just mean people who are following and interested in the journey. So I've got a really engaged community as well. So, um, you know, to, to the point now where, I mean, back to the speaking thing. So obviously, like the majority of my talks are for, are for corporates. Yeah. And I do schools and universities and, and, and community groups. But uh, I started just to do a few of my own events. So I'll, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there who want to, um, I'm on a lot of people's lists, which sounds like, I'm not saying that to make my sound, myself sound good, but it's, you know, people want to want to chat and meet and just yeah, converse. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, I just put on an event and, you know, anyone can come, can come and we can chat and have an Amen. Yeah. No, it makes sense because literally there's not enough time to meet with the whole world. No. And so if you have a lot of people reaching out to you to put on an event where you're giving a talk and to kind of batch that together, it's the only way in reality that it can be done yeah absolutely so i mean i'm only doing them I mean, like in, in cities around australia at this point and they're only small and you know I'm, i might get 500 people to, well i, I mean I'm, like i say it's small for me I, i'm really happy with that 500 people the first one i did was free I, it cost me about i did three of them actually in brisbane melbourne and sydney and i just did it because i wanted to do it and i think it cost me about fifteen thousand dollars all up um and it was free and you know i, I reached 1500 people uh, 50 how much yeah about 1500 people and it was all great. It was fantastic. The results were brilliant for those individuals. But now I charge tickets, but I mean, you know, just it's minimal. But again, it's just an opportunity for my community, inverted commas, to come together. And it's like a room full of like-minded people who all want to dream and all are on the cusp of either doing it or yeah. have done it. And they want to reconfirm why they're doing it. Uh, and then I do a lot of workshops as well. Around and now that. why was it worth it to you to invest your own money, $15,000, into putting these events when your why is to help people help others or to get to be feel comfortable getting help when your why is in alignment with cashing in on being a speaker. Yeah. That's a lot of money, 15 grand. Yeah. I just kind of felt, I, I don't know. I just, I work a lot with how I feel. And I just, I was talking to all these corporate groups. I was talking to Apple and I was talking to, you know, to Coke and I was talking yeah. to all the banks in Australia and financial institutions and, and whoever, whatever across all the industries. And, but the people who were following me online could only come and hear me speak if they were part of that company by chance. Right, right. So I thought, well, they just need, you know, they need an opportunity. I'll just do it. And um, again, I didn't really think about the money. I just thought I'll, I'll just do it. And, and yeah, the, the, it was amazing. The response is great. Uh, yeah. So I just did it because I wanted to reach more people and connect with people who were authentically like following me. We Are LA Tech is independently funded by the community. We couldn't make this happen without your support. If you too want to contribute to We Are LA Tech and see us making the podcast, building the mobile apps, 
creating the events year after year, consider contributing at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash we are LA tech. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.